Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Holy Creativity Podcast. My name is Brian Biedenbach and I've been your host on this podcast. And I say past tense, I've been your host because this is likely the final episode of the Holy Creativity Podcast, at least for the near future, for the foreseeable future. This podcast really has been all about interviewing creative people who serve in a variety of creative fields about how their faith impacts their creative work. And my hope has been that these conversations have served to inspire you to explore that sacred space where faith meets creativity in your life so that you can discover the unique ways that you can impact the world around you. Today's episode is a little bittersweet for me because it is the final episode, but I'm excited about the fact of who it is. You see, in September of 21, I interviewed Tiffany Bird Harrison. If you haven't listened to that episode, or if you happen to miss any of the others, I'll link all of the past episodes in the show notes below. But Tiffany Bird Harrison kicked off this podcast with episode number one. Today, I'm releasing an interview that I did with Tiffany's husband, Joe, who is creative off the charts in his own right. And so the Harrison couple is appropriately bookending the Holy Creativity Podcast, and I'm excited to introduce you to Joe today. This interview with Joe was actually recorded in January of 22, and I've been sitting on it for months, and I've decided it's finally time to get it out there. Let me introduce you to Joseph Harrison. He is a voiceover artist. He's a lyricist. He's a poet. He's a beat maker. He's a rapper. He's a freestyle artist. And now a live streamer. Joe is creative off the charts. And you'll understand as soon as he starts talking why he's sought after as a voiceover artist. I hope you enjoy this interview with Joseph Harrison. Be sure to stick around after the interview is over. I'll share a little bit more about my journey, what I'm doing. If you're interested in following any of the new projects that I am working on currently, I'll tell you all about that at the end. Let's jump into the interview with Joseph Harrison. Hey, welcome back to the Holy Creativity Podcast. I'm here with Joe Harrison, and I'm excited to to talk to Joe today and uh, allow Joe to share his story and share a little bit about what he's doing. Joe, man, it's great to have you today. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. If you can't tell from this deep, booming voice in that just that one sentence that he said, Joe is a voice actor. That's part of what he does. Uh, and he'll talk a little bit about that here in a few minutes. But Joe, before we dive into that, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Hey, Brian. Thanks again for having me. Pleasure to be here. I am Joseph Harrison, husband to a person from the previous season, Tiffany Bird Harrison. That's right. Um, have an artist's name. I'm an artist, uh, voiceover, as Brian said, uh, artist as well, um, musician by way of like music producer, um, do a little trying to get wean my way into film scoring, just all around content creator, kind of like Brian is himself, uh, just started Twitch streaming and, uh, YouTube stream live streaming this year. Looking forward to growing that. Uh, but the artist name is Jay Etienne because my name is Joseph Etienne Harrison, the fourth. Okay. All right. Is that, so is Etienne, is that a, a French name? Is that a, what, it's what, a- it's a French name, but ironically enough, I do have French heritage by way of my 
paternal grandmother being Creole, but the name comes from my paternal grandfather who doesn't have French Creole blood. So okay. I honestly wish I could tell you where the origins of the middle name came from, but it's not on my actual French side. Okay. All right. Well, it's a good artist name. Thanks. It's a good solid artist name. So it sounds like you have your hands in a lot of different things, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, everything that you just listed there, music producer, but you also do, you are a bit of a lyricist from, you know, I'm following you on social media. You, you put out some of your own music as well. How's that been? Man, that's, I, I couldn't even tell you what came first, whether it was liking to put sonically, you know, music together or like the poet skills, the writer in me. But I, I think the writer came first because you didn't really need any equipment, just a pen yeah. and paper. <laughs> okay. All right. What do you, what do you love to do more? Do you like produce mixing and producing the sound or do you actually enjoy writing and wish you had more opportunity to do that? Or it's a good outlet for both of them. Beautiful question. I think easy, somehow it's easier to put music together to make beats or whatever, to make music somehow. But I, I, I want to say I love them equally. And definitely, like you said, the latter question, like I really would like to pour into both equally, but that's, been a hard thing to find the balance between the two. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it is. They both take a lot of time and different, probably different creative muscles, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they feed me in different ways though. Yeah. So I've got, as you mentioned, I got my hands in a few things as well. So I understand that with podcasting and YouTube and uh, just some writing and some other things that I do not on the same level as you, but it, it is a fun creative outlet in a number of different ways. So yeah. what have you been doing the longest of all those things? Where, like what came first in all of that for you? Yeah, I, I believe the story goes, I started probably writing first, but um, I grew up on music. I know a lot of us have, but my dad and my mom will tell me the stories that I, before I could even really speak, you know, English well, I was singing the words back to Bob Marley's Get Up Stand Up at like maybe two years old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So that's where the obsession with music began. But I believe as far as like putting it all together, I think I started writing uh, the lyrics or just poetry first. And I wish I could be more of a writer like you and some other people where I can just write. But I don't really know how to do it without rhyming just because I've been rhyming for so long. Man, I wish I could rhyme more. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have that talent. Yeah, we need to rub off on each other a little more. Like, I, I wish I was better at creative writing just as as a style of just, you know, putting words on the paper. But, yeah, I can't help myself. I want to write. Yeah. No, but I think there's something special about being as poetic uh, as you are in what you do write. I think there's something that is a – I think that's a gift to be able to write poetically, uh, whether it's rhyming or not. The way you put words together, I think there's a real artistry there. And I admire that in in you and I admire that just in songwriters in general that can do that and tell right. a story through a flow of words that paint paint an image, paint a picture for for the listener even that you can actually even experience and see and feel um, because of the words you're putting together. So I do think there's something special about that. So, Joe, there's a lot, again, that you're involved in, and this is a a career path that I assume that you are pursuing, and so uh, I assume your voice has been used in in maybe some creative content or some commercials, or maybe your beats have been used in in some music or some videos. Um, Tell us how your stuff's been used and who you're marketing to. Well, officially, I'm not sure commercially 
you would have heard my voice. A lot of the paid work I found on the voiceover, um, in the voiceover lane has been a lot of corporate stuff. So it, it will go okay. to, you know, organizations, but more of their like internal employee training or they're like, you, you know, you, you've worked for companies. So you, you guys yep. is like own personal, like e-learning, like you have to do your annual training. Okay. So I've been yep. able to, you know, voice stuff like that so far. Okay. Nothing that's been like major commercial on even iHeart or Pandora or anything like that. Well, yeah. actually there has been an iHeart job or two. Not sure if anybody in our sure. audiences, either either of our audiences has actually heard those commercials, those spots before, but that's been pretty fun. Is there like a project that you've worked on that's been really fun and exciting and something maybe you never saw yourself doing that you really enjoyed or even just something that you, like your favorite project that you've done so far? Yeah, I, I narrated this um, audio theater experience. It's there available on um, SoundCloud. And it's called the DMV, as in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, DMV Audio Theater. And the episode okay. was titled Date 8. It's a cute little thing. I'm the narrator of this uh, this this young man trying to court this young lady. And, uh, you know, you get th- their dialogue. But I'm kind of like I, I set up the story and then kind of cut in every now and then and kind of give an update. Okay. And it nice. It was fun. Really fun. Nice. I got to That's go fun. to a radio station, actually, to record the vocals. So most of your stuff you do there in your home studio? Right here in the same space. Yep. Okay. So, Joe, hey, let's uh, let's back up in your story a little bit. Um, I'm curious how you first got into music and music production and writing beyond running around the house singing Bob Marley when you were a kid, right? Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you how early I, I understood I had, like, the musical bug in me by way of like hearing different combinations of sounds or really being able to listen to a track like Bob Marley, like get up, stand up and like just isolate and hear how awesome the bass line is being played and not ignore Bob Marley, ignore like the organs and the other instruments, the electric guitar and stuff. But um, a big influence over me is my uncle Damon, believe it or not. He's only three years my senior, but um, okay, he's a DJ. He's a music producer. He's a rapper. And um, him kind of being a, a bigger, a older brother of mine, like I kind of shadowed him and he was definitely a huge influence in some of my musical tastes, but also of like, if he's doing that, I, I want to do that. I can do that. So a bit of a mentor even. Yeah, he probably, he, he definitely guided me, but he probably viewed me as more annoying at first. <laughs> okay. Like a little kid always like following him around, following him around and, uh, you know, <laughs> having to be a fly in the wall, but super quiet when his friends came over to record their vocals and all that and. What were some of your musical influences besides a Bob Marley? Were there others that you remember listening to early on? Between my my father, my uncle Damon, there, and my my mom, I, I had a pretty broad palette. So okay. of course, there's reggae, not just Bob Marley, but all types of roots reggae. My my dad will probably tell you he's a Rastafarian without really being Jamaican. <laughs> so it was a lot of reggae, but also like he and um, one of our mutual older cousins, Christine, she is huge into parliament, into the funk. So a lot of George Clinton and (laughs) a lot of funk, a lot of soul, earth, wind and fire. Gotcha. Um, Gospel for sure. My mom definitely made sure we were listening to uh, gospel music. So that's in there. Jazz is very big. I love just instruments and and classical music, believe it or not, too. Like uh, any, almost any genre of music I'm pretty much into. Is there one that you would say, absolutely, I'm not into? Probably. Um, I have a like a 
a seesaw relationship with country. I don't dislike it, but I really have to be in a good mood or just hear like a particular song at the right time to be like, yeah, but um, because of course, you know, I love hip hop, I love rap, but I I really enjoy rock too. And, you know, rock is super Mm -hmm. like broad genre, but yeah, with the exception of maybe a little metal metal and screamo, you know, at least lyrically, it gets a little dicey, but I I like like most genres (laughs) of rap. I mean, of rock as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on the country stuff. Like, yeah, that, it has to be the right time. It has to be the right song. Um, otherwise, yeah, that's one I could do, do without for sure. You had, you mentioned earlier before you, you know, you were singing Bob Marley before you started speaking English. Do you, I, was that an offhanded comment or do you actually speak other languages? No, I wish I was a polyglot. <laughs> I just meant, you know, before I was even really, you know, speaking well. You were born in Germany. Is that Correct. That is true. Just like okay. Tiffany, I was actually a military brat, army brat, born on in Germany on a army base. Okay, so that that's where I was. I was a little confused. I didn't know if you spoke German as well. I wish I speak no, a little Spanish because I took three years of it in high school and had a lot of Latin friends. But yeah, how long did you? How long were you in Germany? Not long enough for me to actually remember anything about it. I wish I could. Okay. It was. I think we moved to Virginia probably around the age of two. Have you been in Virginia since then, then? Virginia, for a majority of my upbringing, my mom and dad split around that time, sometime okay. between them moving to Virginia and, or in, or in Germany, leaving Germany. So, but he was, they were both stationed in the same area. So they co-parented and that was fine. But my dad got stationed um, back where he grew up in, I believe, Southern Illinois. Yeah. Right near the Missouri line. Um uh, and so I spent like a good number of years living there when growing up with my, his side of the family over there. And at about, I think sixth grade, I came back to Virginia and that's where I was until Tiffany and I moved to Atlanta. Let's jump into your faith story a little bit. Um, right. You know, cause on the podcast, we like, we love to talk about the work that you're doing for sure and how you got into kind of your creative pursuits. But um, I, I love talking to people about their faith as well and hearing not just their faith story, but how then that impacts the the work that you do. And so I know we talked a little bit before we pressed record about how those two begin to intersect, but let's yeah. for a few minutes just talk about your faith story. I'd love to hear about that journey. Well, um, like maybe a lot of us, right? My mom made sure she, she was a faithful churchgoer. So when I was with her, definitely was in church every week. I uh, grew up there. I remember uh, I, I got upset when she deemed me too old to continue to take naps on her lap during the sermon. <laughs> and I remember, you know, drooling on her uh, on her legs. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, I, you know, I grew up there going to vacation Bible school, going to, you know, children's church. But of course, in, uh, eventually teen, the teens ministry and um when I moved with my dad to Illinois, he was remarried at that time. And my stepmother actually continued that trend that my mom did. So I went to church with her and I ended up actually being saved at about nine years old at her church in uh, somewhere in Southern Illinois. It might've been East St. Louis. I can't remember exactly the city, but I, I got baptized and accepted Jesus at about nine years mm-hmm. old. But of course, did a lot of living in life as a teenager yeah. and young adult. So it, uh, I would say I turned back uh, fully and I understand that as long as we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior and understand that he 
was born here and, and died and was resurrected that we are saved. But I chose to rededicate my life by way of being baptized again as in like my mid twenties. And that's where I really started rematuring and, and actually like living a, a Christ life as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And what has, you know, since then, what is that? Some of the changes that that's brought in your life? I've definitely been better about living in the community by way of having people like account for me and, and vice versa versus as a, you know, post-college like person, just, you know, a young man trying to figure out his way so, and not really relying on people or telling anybody, you know, everything I was doing. Yeah. Um, definitely stopped uh, consuming, you know, content that's very, questionable that you know somebody on the outside would be like i don't know this guy says he follows christ but uh you know he's watching all this gore and horror and all this you know violence and swearing and stuff like that and i I stopped swearing myself i used to okay haven't for many many years maybe a word or two slips out every you know six months or so and i apologize to whoever (laughs) i'm around or just to jesus if it's just me by (laughs) myself (laughs) but i I don't know because i i kind of use substitute words sometimes i'm not sure that's better or not. <laughs> right <laughs> but um yeah it, it really shows in and i think just the way i interact with people the way i do life with my wife and my family and even to tie it back around the art before growing up in hip-hop proper listening to all the radio stuff and the popular music i wrote with profanity i wrote like lewd and raunchy stuff and trying to sound like everybody else and replicate that but Nowadays, none of that stuff. Yeah, I want to get back to that in just a second. But you mentioned um, living in community um, yeah. and depending on on community. That's actually something that I feel like has come up almost in every interview. Um, <laughs> that I think in the in the church world specifically, we talk about community. I don't know that we, that we always lean into that community. We don't always live it, no. Yeah, because we think because we have people around us, we are living in community. But that's not, being in proximity is not just the, is not the only aspect of community. So when you talk about living in community, and you also mentioned having people that, you know, call you to account, you know, there's accountability part of that. But what is it about community that you really value that's really um helped you maybe even grasp your faith and mature in your faith um, or, or even that you value as an individual, just looking to grow. What is it about community that, that helps you do that? Um, I'll tell you as Tiffany says, and her, my, our lovely mother, her mother says, you can't grade your own report card, right? So uh, community helps. And by way of people being able to call you out on your stuff, you could kind of lie to yourself and and say, oh, well, I'm not doing too bad. Or, hey, I, you know, I I prayed every morning, but have you been reading the word? You know, Mm -hmm. so people can kind of keep you accountable to small stuff like that. But I I, I don't want to call anybody out or anything like that. But there's a difference between showing up every Sunday and or Saturday, whichever day your service might be, and even another day or two out of the week if you do Bible study that's still not necessarily doing life with people. Yeah. Like you, you could show up and see the same people on, on that one day that your service is and then maybe a different day out of the week too. But that still doesn't mean that they know about your kids and know like about your struggles and your job or your struggles as a husband or a father and having people that actually like 
are believers and know where you are and what you're dealing with, that strength and unity like helps carry you and helps for you to grow. It's, it's very difficult to just grow by yourself in a silo or even with just for you being a married man and a father, like just to grow in your own household. Right. Yeah, no, that's really good. I think what I've been learning about community is very similar is that, you know, it's almost like looking in a mirror without wanting to, in some ways, like people see me, the closer I get to people, there's vulnerability, right? And they see things that maybe I don't want to see, but, um, they have the freedom and the, um, you know, permission to, to speak up, uh, and, and reveal those things to me. You know, and because they have so a relationship I, with you, they know. Absolutely. You. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so I do think, man, if if we don't stress anything else in these podcasts, I, I hope that community comes through. I think this is about faith and creativity. But man, that those things are hard to do and to develop in isolation. Definitely. And I think community is, again, that's something that I'm learning, not just about faith, but even in, in the arts and creativity, like I'm growing in my, you know, talking to you and talking to Tiffany and talking to others and and seeing your stuff, right? And seeing how you're growing is really sharpening some of the stuff that I'm doing as well. So I think community is a big part of that too, even from a distance um, to be able to have conversation and, and talk and sharpen one another has been really helpful for me. So you kind of hinted a little bit about how your faith has kind of changed some of the the work that you're doing, how you're writing and maybe the music that you're doing and maybe the projects even you get into. Yeah. I don't know what all that looks like, but how, how has your faith really been impacted or how does your faith really impact your creative work? I believe it's opened it up uh, in a lot of ways, especially uh, lyrically, right? You could be painted in a silo if you want to kind of be popular like, you know, not to name too many people, but if you want to be like a Drake or even Kanye West, I don't claim him as a gospel artist or a Christian hip hop. I'm sorry. You guys can't, not you, but you know, people can, uh, sure. you know, I, he has a couple, you know, he has some more growing to do. It's, but, um, it don't we all up. though, right? Don't yeah. we all? Yeah, we, we do. Exactly. But you know, it opened me up in a way of just being vulnerable, just writing from a place of where I'm coming from and hoping that people can relate to that and, Maybe they're going through a similar struggle or they know somebody else is going through it and they could share it with that person. But just being like completely open and vulnerable with people versus trying to put on a front. Yeah. Um, and then just knowing what I know about Christ and how God moves in my life, I I would be remiss if I wasn't sharing that with the gift he gave me. So, I mean, yeah. maybe for like putting notes together, it's kind of difficult for maybe a beat to sound like that, but since I actually used my voice too, I think that's how it comes out in the, the lyrics part. And for voice acting and, and job wise, I have, a guess I, I would say like a, some discernment on certain projects that I should probably stay away from. And maybe certain artists that I might, I'm not anti like secular artists, but if they just are talking about um, just frivolous acts of lewdness and all that type of stuff, maybe we're not the right fit for one another. It's, it's cool that you want to use my sounds, but like if you're putting out a message I couldn't agree with, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. And, and like voiceover, I've turned on a few jobs. One was a very strange job. The guy said that like my voice was it. Nobody else would do. And he had a product that was about anti-aging cream, 
but it was okay. just the way he told his story that I just, it just didn't sit right in my spirit. So I, I could mm. not do it. I gave him somebody that had similar vocal qualities to me. And he was like, yeah, that guy seems cool. But no, nah, man, we're aligned. You know, you're, you're a scientist too, kind of. And, and he, he was talking, he said he was harvesting, um, interdimensional, like atoms. And that was how he, that was how his, you know, his skin cream actually worked to, you know, reduce signs of aging. And I was like, I don't even, what? I don't even get what you're talking about. That, that sounds like something I just don't want to, I can't put my voice behind harvesting interdimensional. Yeah. It just, it's above my pay grade, but it sounds like it was super, super pseudo spiritual. And I was like, no, I'm not touching that. Interesting, man. <laughs> Like I need if it was just like, anti-aging I, cream, I probably would have been like, cool, yeah. yeah but yeah. Give me some, right? Right, right. <laughs> None of this interdimensional stuff. Yeah, he was like, so no, it's it's, it's stuff because it's not even here. It's from out. I'm like, how are you even reaping that? No, man. What are you? No. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So you you talk about secular artists, Christian artists, right? Yeah. Um, or the world talks about secular artists, Christian artists a little bit. Like those right. are kind of two labels we put on people. But um, you know, as a as a beat maker, like you, how do you label label yourself as like a Christian beat maker, or does that label not even exist? Which is kind of what I'm coming to understand. It it can. And I, again, okay. I'm not against if I got a placement with bigger artists per se. Of course, that would bode well for my family, but I'm not. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? For, right. <laughs> I'm not necessarily vying for that. So, as far as people like similar people like in similar spaces as me, more so peers and rather like people already at the highest level, I that's where I I have that filter. But I think there are people that like maybe exclusively work for, um, like. Reach records with Lecrae and Andy Minio, or right. um, what do you indie tribe? But that's a no big deal, and his guys. But uh, for beat making, just maybe just hashtagging and hearing, seeing me live stream, and just understanding that I'm a believer. But mm. it doesn't necessarily silo you on the producer side as it might be on the actual like artist uh, and lyricist side. Yeah, I guess what I'm getting at there is: is it necessary to have that label of Christian artist, Christian musician, Christian beat maker, Christian rapper. Like, I feel like sometimes that, you know, puts a, I don't know, it puts a wall up immediately and, you know, prevents not just you from making money in, in another segment of the population that they'll, they, you know, but it, it prevents, like, it puts a wall up for influence as well, too, sometimes when, when we slap that label on things. And I just wonder, you know, I listen to a lot of NF. I don't know if you like NF or not, but I, no. I listen to a lot of I NF. And I think, yeah, and I think <laughs> he was asked in an interview one time, um, you know, are you a Christian artist? Are you a Christian rapper? And he said, well, if if there's a, a plumber that's a Christian that comes to your house, does he call himself a Christian plumber? Right. Or is he just a plumber who follows Jesus? And, and I just wonder, you know, I grew up in, um, when I was in high school and college, like there was a, this boom of Christian music. And I think I actually talked about this with Tiffany a little bit Mm -hmm. and all these Christian artists that were coming out and I was so excited about it. But then I thought these are, these Christian artists aren't good artists. Like this is the only place they can sell their stuff probably because they slapped that label on it. But so sometimes I think that holds us back. I was just curious how you approached that whole 
thing when you, you know, approach your music and approach, because you probably, when you write, I'm guessing when you write music and you rap, would you call them Christian lyrics or would you just call them, these are the songs I'm writing that are influenced by my faith and it comes out that way? You're absolutely right. And I, I do kind of echo NF and, and Lecrae and some of these guys. And I am a producer. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a believer of God, first and foremost, right. part of my identity. But I am a music producer. I am a rapper, lyricist, you know, songwriter, artist. I yeah. just happen to follow Christ. But yep. I don't, I don't personally care to get bogged down in the semantics. And I do want my influence to be greater than just other, you know, other believers that are already, you know, follow Christ. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to um, shock anybody either or, or kind of like bring them in and then they're like, they hear some Jesus and some God and a little bit of the Bible and scripture and stuff like that and, you know, be deterred afterwards. I mean, I, wa- I want them to understand, like, I-, I wear my heart on my sleeve and not everything I write or every freestyle actually mentions anything biblical per se. Sometimes I nerd out and just make something about like a certain anime or this or that. And sometimes, you know, if it's something just because it's on my heart, it'll come out. But yeah, it's not always in stuff I write. Yeah. But um, it's still a part of who I am, inherently a part of who I am. Yeah, I think that um, one of the problems I think people have with people who label themselves as Christian artists, as soon as they write a song, sing a song, or do something that doesn't mention Jesus, that doesn't mention God, they're like, oh, they're not a Christian artist anymore. And right, and part of that is like. And that's kind of what I take issue with, right? Is I yeah. think we're we're created for relationships. So why do we have to do we have to mention Jesus in every song about relationship? Or does our you know, our relationship with Jesus come through in the way we talk about our relationships and the way we treat people in our relationships and the way we write songs about our relationships, right? I think it's something that should flow through us that should be seen beyond just the words that we say, because quite honestly, gosh, I was listening to, um, who was I talking to? I think it was a podcast. I think I was listening to the other day and I don't remember what it was. I wish I could link it. Um, but they were talking about, you know, I grew up listening to this. I think it was ACDC. I think is what they were talking about. ACDC. And their, he said their, their mom or their grandma, when they would give them the music, like, do you remember like old CDs and albums you could like unfold the pamphlet inside and you could read like lyrics and yeah. 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 And so each, um, each artist, each band member would write something, you know, thank you to my family. Thank you to whatever. And as long as one of them said, thank you, God, they'd be like, okay, this is safe to listen to. Right. Right. We got one. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's the thing, man. I just think sometimes we can just say the words and they mean nothing or we don't say the words and the the content that we write actually is even more powerful and and shows the the person of Jesus and brings glory to him just in the content that we write because it's in us and it's yeah. not just words that we say. Amen. Go ahead and preach on today, Brian. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of living more like Christ and actually speaking about it. I, I don't want to be Levitical or like a Pharisees, like he says, I, I definitely do relationship with people and by my character, they could know. And if it, if, if, and when it comes up, I definitely mention it, but I, I just live, mm-hmm. you know, in, as an encourager, that's just who I am on the inside and live in love because I am given love. Yeah. I love that. So how do you, 
how do you foster your faith and your creativity? Like it, it may be, they may be two separate issues in the way you invest in them, but how do you foster those two things in your life? I mean, they kind of go hand in hand in a way. I, like I didn't do it before the podcast, I guess, but cer- certain times before I come back to this studio space, I'll either come in here and uh, like pray as I'm in here and ask the Lord to just bless this space and anything that could come out of the day of, you know, beat making or lyric writing or vocal recording or any voiceover auditions or jobs I have or a podcast with Brian Biedenbach or mm-hmm. <laughs> anything like that. Or um, I don't know. It all just ties in like something that I read in scripture will take me to some some experience that I've had and spur me to write something or spur like a, a, a mood to where I, I'll have like a certain feel when I make a beat that day. Mm. So they're they're kind of inter- intertwined, not fully, but mo- most often, more times than not, they kind of coincide in that way. All right. As we kind of near the end of this interview, one of my favorite questions to ask people is, what's one thing you know now that you could offer to someone who's just starting out? I'd say be encouraged and inspired by other people in your respective fields of creativity but do not imitate or try to mimic and be them. Don't be afraid to be yourself, but just be inspired and influenced by other people. What does that look like for you? What does it mean to be encouraged and inspired, but not be like, how have you navigated that road there? So instead of wanting to sound or make music that sounds like popular person, a, like, again, I'll say Drake or sounds like somebody like future or even sounds like, you know, NF, he's, he's incredible. He's very gifted in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I list, I can listen to their music and be like, that's that guy, like God's given that guy a gift and he's, he's mm-hmm. fully walking into it. But instead of saying I need to sound like him, I'll listen to him and just get inspired to write something myself, not to, uh, like compare myself to the project he might've just released, but just saying, Oh, that's awesome stuff. I do this as well. So let me go and, and bring my A game, but just do the best me that I'm capable of. And wherever I'm at, just sit with that versus having to want to say, Oh, and, and like record it and, and put it out and, and not like go back to that and say, well, I don't know. It might not sound as clean as an F. Oh, it, it might not be as influential as Drake or the Migos or future, or, you know, whoever the heck you might want to name. So instead of comparing yourself to another YouTuber or another, um, you know, visual artists, if they're like, you know, into art, digital art or drawing or anything like that, just like fully absorb yourself in your, in the way that, you know, you create your art and, and relish in that instead of comparing yourself to other people that, you know, you might aspire or be inspired by. Yeah. I think there's something to that about taking inspiration, taking encouragement, but doing your own thing with it. So I think that's a great bit of advice, Joe. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Hey, before we wrap up, where can people find you on social media? If they're looking, they want to know more about Jay Etienne, where can they find you? All right. Uh, speaking of being different, I, again, I'm a live streamer now, finally in 2022, all right. Stepped up my game and more official with that. So to see the individual that I am and how I create, whether that's freestyling or putting songs together or making beats live with audience participation, I am at twitch.tv slash J underscore Etienne. That's E-T-I-E-N-N-E. 
I'm also on Instagram at Instagram.com slash J.EtienneMusic and Twitter at J.EtienneMusic. No, no dot, no underscore, just J-E-T-I-E-E. I'm sorry, J-E-T-I-E-N-N-E Music, M-U-C-I-M-U-S-I-C. Wish I could speak right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put all the links in the show notes so people can just click and find you. Thank you. And of course, sure. YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash J at TN Music as well. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Joe, I hope that people look you up and dig into a little bit more, learn about who you are, and maybe even tune into some of your live streams. I do have a surprise question for you that oh. you weren't prepared for because um, I just thought of it just now. I think in some previous interactions that we've had, or maybe I've had with Tiffany, I know there was one point you were looking at Fort Wayne, Indiana at Sweetwater. Yeah. Um, So my question is, what's it going to take to get the Harrisons to Fort Wayne, Indiana? Look, I wouldn't (laughs) mind working working for Mr. Chuck Surratt in that beautiful, beautiful building that they have there in Fort Wayne. Um, so that yeah, I didn't, you guys are in Indiana. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm in Fort Wayne. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's where I'm located. Yep. yep. She, she indulged me and, uh, we went to the Sweetwater gear fest, I believe three years ago, 2019 possibly. Yeah. Okay. But, um, I don't know. I mean, the job is still <laughs> very tantalizing, but the Midwest is pretty, pretty cold. It, 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 I, yeah, it was four degrees when I woke up this morning. See, and yeah. we we thought we were doing something that being under thirty shouldn't usually doesn't get under thirty down here, but uh, yeah. So the weather is a kind of a deterrent, but uh, I I don't know. It, it'd take more coaxing for her than than me possibly, but um, <laughs> yeah, we can create art anywhere. Other obviously, as long as we got great strong internet, but uh, <laughs> that's right. Give uh, us maybe another year or two if you guys are still there. Maybe we can uh, bring that back on the table. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Cool. Well, Hey, if you guys are ever in town visiting Sweetwater, I'd love to connect and, um, take you guys out to dinner and get to know you a little bit more in person. That'd be Absolutely. so much fun. It'd have to be the other way around. We'd be visiting you guys and then they just happen to be like there. Oh, let's go see what they got over there. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right, Joe, thanks for, thanks for indulging me with that. And, oh, uh, thanks for being on the podcast today, man. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, I've had a lot of fun myself, Brian. <laughs> Well, friends, that'll do it for the Holy Creativity Podcast. I hope once again that these conversations have inspired you to explore the creative things that you can do, that only you can do, and how your faith impacts those things to make a positive impact in the world around you. While I'm sad to see this project come to a close, I'm excited about what's ahead, and I promise I'd share a little bit more about that journey with you here. I promise to keep it short. I'll put links in the show notes below for you to check out anything that you might be interested in. Really, the biggest thing that's happening in my world is that I recently started a podcast production company called Summit City Studios. And my goal is to help everyone from the hobbyist podcaster to the most professional, I'm earning a living this way, podcaster, create great content. And most specifically, for me, working on the back end of that content of the editing and the post-production. You see, for me, this is where faith meets creativity in my world. This is a creative project that I've poured myself into, not just Holy Creativity, but other podcasts that I've done in the past and video content creation that I've gotten into. And it's really opened up doors for me to have 
really real, authentic, and engaging conversations with people that lead to topics of spirituality and faith. And I get to share the things that I believe and ask questions about what other people believe. And this has been a, a fun place for me to operate. And so it's been fun to see kind of how this journey has come together. Started this podcast in September of 21. I launched the business in October of 21, and it's been pretty busy ever since then. So if you're interested in the services I have to offer at Summit City Studios, or you're just curious about what I'm doing, or maybe you're not at all, you can find me at Summit City Studios on Instagram and Facebook, and most specifically YouTube if you want to see kind of what I'm doing, or visit my website at summitcitystudios.com. Friends, I hope you've been encouraged and as inspired as I have been through these conversations. Thanks for joining me on this journey. This is Brian Biedenbach signing off for the last time on Holy Creativity.